I'm Jade English, and this is Finding Feel Good. You know, if you really want to go down this route and to take better care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, then these type of medicines will call to you. There's an array of medicines out there and cacao, like I said, is, is subtle. She works to get you out of your head and into your body, into your heart. And about 30 seconds into that meditation, when I quietened my mind, cacao hit me and she came in. She's like a really strong, powerful plant medicine, but you have to allow yourself to find her. She's not going to come and whack you around the head like ayahuasca does. She's she's very present. She's very still. She's very there. But you have to find her. It's been a few days since the life coaching, and I actually do think I've reflected a lot since that experience. And George has made me really realise that there are certain aspects in my life that I need to, to, to change in order to make myself feel secure. Producer Juliet is absolutely obsessed with sushi and we can get sushi for pretty cheap over here and it's absolutely amazing. So I had to put her on a sushi ban yesterday because I think we'd had it for the last three days, breakfast, lunch, dinner, all of that. So I usually ride motorbikes back home and I've got a little scooter here, as I've mentioned before, which I'm absolutely in love with. And producer Juliet was sceptical to come on on the bike with me, which I completely understand, but we've converted her. And we drove to the local town yesterday, which was Seminyak. And usually it's absolutely heaving there, like you can't move because there's tourists. And... It was apocalyptic, really. There wasn't many people there. We went on this beach that is usually full to the brim with people. There was not a soul on it. It was just us two. So we were like, okay, like maybe this isn't the place to sort of stay. So we got back on the bike, got a little bit lost, trapped in a one-way system, which we may or may not have gone the wrong way down. And there was this incredible white sand, which sounds normal, but in Changu, where we're staying, it's black sand. One thing I've found has been really important during this trip is getting a morning routine. So every morning I've been getting up, I've been doing my little calm app, which always really helps to sort of settle my mind. And then I found this little place called Copenhagen and it does the best coffee. It's so good. And I've also found a new addiction for F45. So usually I'll get up, I'll get on my bike, I'll drive off to Copenhagen, sit there, it's situated on a road where loads of people go past, so it's really nice just sitting down, having my almond coffee, whilst everyone around me is drinking the coconut straight from the coconut. And then they put this bamboo straw in the coconut, and honestly, it couldn't, it couldn't get more barley if it tried. So today, I'm going to go and try out a cacao ceremony with Lynette Allen. Before I came out here, I spoke to Ashley Guthrie about what a cacao ceremony is and what I should expect from today. Ashley is a healing guide and spiritual mentor, and she specializes in cacao ceremonies after she discovered it on a trip to Guatemala. She has some incredible healing experiences with cacao, and now she helps other people experience it, and she's predominantly based in Manchester. So I'm going to talk about the experience when I actually met you. Okay. Because I thought that was magical, amazing, and just really unusual, to be honest. So do you remember us meeting? Yeah. Yeah, so Ashley and I have a mutual friend called Tom and I'd met up with him and I'd just been on The Apprentice and I'd just started having spiritual-like thoughts and I had this epiphany where I was like, I'm going to go and live with monks. That's what I'm going to do, which for me at the time was completely random. That's like, like I was a party girl. It just was not me in any way, shape or form. But I had this calling that was like right I need to go to India I need to live with these monks when I go there I'm gonna find something that's the thing and I told Tom when we were out in Manchester and he was like oh okay like cool and I remember saying to him I said the thing is I'm having these weird thoughts and feelings but like I can't relate to anyone I feel like everyone thinks I'm going mad I really need a friend who knows what I'm going through and I kid you not, Ashley walks around the corner. I'd never met her before. And Tom goes, oh, that's weird that you've just said that. 
meet Ashley. Ashley's just come back from living in Guatemala or living with monks, had you been, or something like that. I just spent a month in Nepal living in a Buddhist monastery. That was it. And I was like, no. Like, it was as if in that moment, and I remember you saying this to me, actually. I was like, I asked for something and it felt like the universe gave it me so quickly, which I don't feel like happens when you're manifesting things. It tends to be quite a progressive thing, I think, once you put those thoughts out. But I think you said to me, you probably had such a deep feeling and such a deep need and want for a friend in that moment who knew what you were feeling and going through that the universe was like, oh, here you go. (laughs) And yeah. And then, yeah, it just went from there really, didn't it? We were talking that deeply and it was quite loud in there. And (laughs) Tom was like, okay, we need to go now. (laughs) (laughs) It was. You can barely barely separate us. (laughs) Take my number, be my friend. (laughs) And I guess, well, that journey led you to sort of get into your line of work, isn't it, really? Could you explain a little bit? So you're like a spiritual mentor now, really, aren't you? And you help people go through that transition. And before that, you had a massage therapy room, right? Yeah. So my background was in the sparring wellness industry. I was quite successful in that career, but I burned out very quickly because I was just juggling way too much. And by the end, I was just like, I need a break from the industry. I don't know what I want to do. And moved to London went back to working with horses and come the end of that year, my mum unexpectedly passed away. And that's what led me down the path of alternative healing methods, spirituality, because when she died, my whole world and outlook on life perspective just completely changed. And before then I had no interest in spirituality. I was quite afraid of things like Reiki because I'd had a bad experience when I was younger of a healing crisis and it hadn't been explained properly to me. So like Reiki is an energy healing method and I'd went to actually get what they call attuned so that I could do it for people. But the practitioner that I used didn't really support me that well. And I found that afterwards there was, you know, like suicidal thoughts, actually. It was quite a dark place and completely out of character and when I asked her about it, she she just said, oh, you'll be fine. Just keep doing the Reiki on yourself. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, so, and that was about a week. So after that, I was just like, no, this is just a load of mumbo jumbo. Subsequently at the time, the relationship I was in became apparent as to just how toxic it actually was. And it was like living with Jekyll and Hyde. So the grief was entangled with quite emotionally abusive circumstances and I reached the point about six months later that I was walking down Notting Hill to work and I had a quite a severe panic attack. So I was clutched over a wall, barely being able to breathe and people just walked straight past me. And the day after I, I, I couldn't leave the house because I thought of that happening again. And I'd experienced little bits of meditation, but on this day I feel like I had my eat, pray, love moment. <laughs> I kind of collapsed and said, you know, help me because I've got nothing left to give at this moment. And I sat for four hours and just kept asking this burning question that had been left from my mum passing away. And it was, you know, what am I here for? What's my purpose? And I sat over and over again for four hours. And finally, I got a droplet that said, only you are responsible for your happiness. Therefore, you're not responsible for anyone else's happiness. And I'd never heard that before. And it was such like an epiphic moment. And it made me think, right, well, I've got to stop caring about that other person because they don't really care about me. I'm going to focus on myself. And I ended up being led to a coach that I started working with because I also heard go back to working with the body and learn how emotions are stored in the body. I was like, what is that? what does that mean? I know I've been doing massage for nearly a decade, but I'd never heard of that concept. It started to change completely my language to the point where my partner back then was like, 
where are you getting all this stuff from? Like, (laughs) who are you? Yeah. (laughs) And it only took about four months. I managed to regain my confidence to the point where I was like, right, I've booked a ticket to Bali. (laughs) I'll see you later. (laughs) And then it began and I arrived in Bali, barely being able to string a sentence together. And a friend met me out there and she said, you know, Ashley, it just seems like you're searching for something. And I said, you're damn right I'm searching for something. I'll give it to me. I don't know what it is, but give it me. (laughs) I was searching for someone. I wasn't searching for a guru or a healer. I was searching for someone or something to show me the tools to help end my own suffering. Which I think so many people are searching for, but they don't know what it is. You know, we're on this rat race, aren't we? If you don't have time to actually take a step back from what we call reality and reassess what makes you happy and go and, you know, have that eat, pray, love moment where you go and find out actually, you know, this sort of thing can change my emotions or I can find out different parts of me, change my language, change my internal language. It is bizarre, isn't it? So when you got there, was it in Bali that you tried cacao? I began to hear of cacao in Bali. I would say Bali, I discovered sister circles, women's circles. And it was so powerful. It was a completely new car. I'd never sat with a group of women that way before. And I was just like, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. It was, it was, it was life changing actually, because I got to hear stories from people all around the world from all different ages and yet so relatable. That then led to a woman that I'd been connected with on Facebook inviting me out to Guatemala to do a trauma release singing bowl experience as part of her retreat. And she was a coach who worked with Cacao and she was running this retreat out in Guatemala. So again, I was like, I don't know I'm going to get myself there, but my answer is yes. You know, the clients came, the money came and I managed to get myself out there. And I decided, well, if I'm going all that way to Guatemala, South America, I'm going to go out there for a month. That's when I started to learn about cacao through her. And before we went out there, she gave us an experience, a ceremony. She took us through a particular guided meditation after we drank the cacao. And I didn't really know what to expect. And there's this golden door. And on the other side of the golden door, there was supposed to be a spirit guide or your higher self or an angel or something like that. And still at this point, a skeptic. And anyway, on the other side of this golden door was my mum. You know, she'd been passed on for about a year at this point. And my brother had connected through songs and stuff like that. He's like, no, that was totally mum. But I hadn't had any of that. And so when I felt her, it blew me away. You know, when your mum gives you a hug and it's just like a mother's love. I heard this message really loud and clear and it was my mum's voice saying, go back to working with the senses. It's what you've always done. I still don't really understand what is cacao. How does it work? I've heard it's something to do with your heart chakra and opening that up, but that, like, I, re- I honestly don't know. And I'm still like you. There is still a part of me that is a skeptic. I always remember when I first met you and I kept going, I'm having these weird thoughts. And you kept going, stop calling them weird. They're not weird. It's just that you've been conditioned to not think like that. So, like, what do you think cacao is? And I mean, that wasn't a ceremony that we did, was it? It was just like a... It was a guided meditation with like using cacao. It was in a ceremonious way. It just didn't have all the bells and whistles on. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm drinking cacao now and this is my way of having a ceremony with you. The intention behind it is what makes it ceremonious. And cacao is such a powerful plant. It's classed as a subtle plant medicine. And it's been used ceremoniously for thousands of years across Central and South America. And it's known as an active ingredient in there called theobromine and is translated in the Mayan tradition as food of the gods. So the Mayans or the Mayans, they treat it as such a sacred plant and how it's grown like in Guatemala, it, there's volcanic soil out there. So you get all the nutrients that comes from where it's grown and how it's grown. So the Mayans traditionally would drink it to honor the gods. 
and to bring harmony within themselves and nature. So it's like anything when you treat it as sacred, you know, and so it is. So it starts off as like a bean, Nestle chocolate and Cadbury's, and they come from cacao. It's just, it's how it's made into the various elements of it. So ceremonial grade cacao is made into like a liqueur or a paste it normally comes in like a, a block and then you'll shred it down with a knife. But it's made from the butter and the bean. And you'll probably see this if you're going to go out to plantations in Bali, see how it's made, see how it's rolled. You know, they sing to the plant. <laughs> Do they? they sing prayers into it and they offer it to the fire. Cacao is the element of fire. I'm less of a skeptic these days. (laughs) (laughs) Going all in. I'm now a believer. (laughs) Why do you think we don't then? You know, if this does seem so prevalent in Eastern traditions, why are we not doing it here in the West? Why why are we turning it into a Kit Kat instead? I think it's like a lot of Western culture. There's a lot of ignorance around these type of medicines that are more natural. And I think it's a preference. You know, if you really want to go down this route and to take better care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, then these type of medicines will call to you. There's an array of medicines out there and cacao, like I said, is is subtle. She works to get you out of your head and into your body, into your heart. She's non-psychoactive. So other medicines such as like ayahuasca for example or psilocybin those kind of medicines tend to take you out of your body and you know that there can be cases of definitely leaves you feeling like who the hell am I (laughs) yeah so how I work with cacao can only speak from my experience and, and my offerings I combine shamanic practicing practices ceremony rituals with hypnosis to guide you inwards, to get into your body and unlock that which is holding you back from living a life of freedom. It can be done singular where it's one-on-one. It can be done with you and your partner. It can be done in a group of women or with men. So you would arrive the space would be dimly lit, there would be candles, the senses would be awakened and you would start to ground with an opening prayer, calling in what your deepest heart's desires are. What is your heart yearning for? What is your intention for exploring the self and where does your pain lie? Where does your discomfort lie? And then you will take your time to drink the elixir or the nectar, as I like to describe her. And you speak to her, you know, the plant is a spirit in and of itself, and she will speak back to you. And that's kind of like what the guided messages are. And your own psyche will show you what you are ready to see, I believe. For me, whether it was my mum coming through or whether it was my unconscious mind giving me the symbolism and feeling of my mum and a mother's love, that's what I needed at that point to set me off onto the next part of my journey. And I personally work very deeply with the inner child. I believe that's where our deepest heart healing comes from. It's connecting to the younger part of yourself that over time has maybe felt like it was unlovable, like it was not worthy to receive love and that it's safe and it's wanted. And cacao can be so, it can really burst your heart open in the most beautiful of ways so that you can accept your life experiences. But did it change your life? I think it maybe sent me off on a different path. It was the first time I realized that I wanted to go to Bali and set off on these journeys and sort of figure out that I wanted to experience these types of things. I'm hoping through the next one, you know, maybe open up that new path again. The heart feeling was definitely very strong when we did it last time. Whatever your path is in life, it requires an open heart. And I think the majority of people in the world have at some point closed their hearts down to life. And I think we have tools. I think that we learn tools along this path of awakening. And I don't believe that any particular one is the answer to happiness. 
But I think that how you integrate it into your life, start to use the lessons within your relationship to yourself and relationship to your friends, your family, your lovers, that then keeps you guided on whatever path comes along your way. And cacao is a beautiful ally on your path. I think because I've had that small insight into what it is when we've experienced it before, I don't feel quite as nervous about going in and doing it because I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going in completely blind. But I have to admit, I am a, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous that I'm like going to sound a little bit crazy. Because I know you're shaking your head at me now, like, oh, come on, Jade, start fighting. I just can't help it. There is something within me that is still not a skeptic, maybe a skeptic. I don't know. No, actually, I'm not a skeptic. I'm not a skeptic, but maybe I'm just a little bit embarrassed. And I know that that is awful. And I don't want to feel like that. It's just where you're at and whatever you're feeling currently is a little bit of fear or anticipation (laughs) mixed in with excitement when you get there though bali is full of the weird the wonderful the connected i know i feel too normal (laughs) when i'm in bali i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna go there and be like my god i'm not spiritual (laughs) enough right hook me up give me some cacao i'm give me a singing it was so great to speak with ashley and hear about all of her experiences with cacao so now i'm off to meet lynette allen to experience it for myself Hi, uh, we're looking for Lynette. Great. Second building. Great. Great. Hi. How are you? This place is amazing. So I'm here with Lynette Allen and we're sat in a really vast room which has a corrugated iron roof, which Lynette was just telling me when it rains sounds absolutely incredible. And when you look out, you can see rice paddy fields for miles. Let me introduce you to our fantastic guest. I'm so excited to be doing this with you. She is an author, mother, grandmother, wife, and a space holder for cacao ceremonies. For over 20 years, she coached hundreds of women in business, and she has her own podcast, A Woman's Blessing, all about honoring women. How did you get into cacao ceremonies? I am so interested to speak to you. Like, I think you're just going to have this wild story. Oh my goodness, I'm not sure it's wild, really. I did in 2016, I moved away from England. By 2017, I had tried ayahuasca, the plant medicine. Heard lots about this. And ayahuasca literally blew my socks off. It's quite an amazing natural plant medicine and I really had got to the point it it was around me my husband was doing ayahuasca a lot he was using it for his personal development and I really didn't understand it for a long time and then I don't know something inside me said you know I'm actually ready I think I I think I want to try this and I'd never done anything like that oh really I oh I've I've been drunk five times in my entire life no yeah everybody used to take the mickey out of me I'd, I'd much rather be doing my homework when I was a teenager than out drinking or partying I just wasn't into that never smoked a cigarette even now is I haven't done street drugs anything like that so at 42 or 3 when I decided to try ayahuasca everybody was like okay where is Lynette and what have you done with her (laughs) so I did that and I was blown away had a beautiful experience with the shaman that we were working with at the time and I said, okay, well, I've done it now. That's amazing. Clearly, I'm not going to do it again. I mean, it was the biggest event of my life, probably. But six weeks later, I thought, okay, I'm ready again. And within two years, my husband and I together with Livy, my little girl who was four back then, we were holding space for people going through their own ayahuasca ceremonies. So we held space for a lot of people probably 1,500 to 2,000 people came through that space and I became the shaman's assistant. No. Yeah. So we did that. And then when that period finished, it was really about, I really need some quiet time. And I would really love getting up very early in the morning before my family got up and just enjoying the silence. When there's so many people around, I found that I I just couldn't get up early enough. There was always somebody around or wanting to chat to me or talk to me, which of course was really nice, but there was no space. 
So I found myself with lots of space, lots of quiet time in the mornings. We lived in a beautiful finca in the middle of the forest and it was very peaceful. And I just started listening to the peace. And I think the time with ayahuasca had helped me to meditate a lot, to understand what that was to meditate. And I found myself journeying more and more in that peace and understanding what it was to meditate. And then cacao came into my head. And I'm like, cacao, why, why is, what's cacao? I don't even know what this is really. I'd, I'd heard of cacao ceremonies, but I'd been so immersed in the world of shamanic ayahuasca, I, I disregarded cacao. But I thought, okay, I really need to find a cacao ceremony. So I did. And my family were like, enjoy your hot chocolate, mom. <laughs> I'm like, I know, right? What's it even going to do? I don't know. So I went along to this ceremony and I was fairly not blown away with the whole experience. It was the lights were on and it was just in a normal yoga shala. And it was like, this is not like a proper ceremony. I don't know. There was lots of factors that I thought, I don't know. I don't think this is so hot really. I don't know what their fuss is about. And then I realized some way in that I was really sabotaging this experience for myself. And I had a chat with myself and I said, okay, you need to just really focus because if you you were brought here and the least you can do is meditate and then you can go home and you don't have to come back again. And about 30 seconds into that meditation, when I quietened my mind, cacao hit me and she came in. She's like a really strong, powerful plant medicine, but you have to allow yourself to find her. She's not going to come and whack you around the head like ayahuasca does. She's, she's very present. She's very still. She's very there, but you have to find her. You have to meet her. You have to quieten your mind enough so that she can come in the cracks of your mind. And I was just like, oh God, I'm sorry. There you are. I found you. Oh my gosh. And it was the most beautiful experience. I went home. They were like, how was it? Your hot chocolate? I'm like, no, no, no. You don't even understand. This stuff's amazing. And then later I start, I can't stop talking about it. And I start trying to cook dinner and I put my hands in the top shelf of the spices and I come out with a block of cacao. I'm like, that's the stuff that these shamans have been bringing me is cacao. It's in my cupboard. I just thought this was really bad chocolate. (sighs) This was, I'm like, oh my God. So then I'm like, how do I make this into a drink? How do I make this nice? And I start doing it again and again and again. I've got tons of cacao because I've been given it as gifts and I didn't know what to do with it. So then I start meditating every morning with cacao. And then through that, those cacao mornings, I got deeper and deeper and deeper. I built a beautiful relationship with cacao and with the spirit and really that very, very quiet stillness that comes when you work with something often. And I heard that there's a gift for you in Bali. Go to Bali. There's a gift for you in Bali. And I'm like, okay, what? what? There's a gift for you in Bali. So I said to my husband, I think I need to go to Bali. Can we go and move to Bali? And he said, yeah, okay. So we moved to Bali. And had you ever been to Bali before? No, no never. So you say she. What, what, uh, what yeah. do you mean Yeah, so by I that? forget even about that. Plant medicines are usually given uh, a gender. The shamans believe that every living thing has a spirit. And so... The spirit of cacao is motherly, very nurturing. It's like being wrapped in a warm hug. She's just nurturing. And so they call her a she. And ayahuasca is also called a she. Yes, I've heard, I've heard the she from an ayahuasca before. Yeah, they call well. her mama ayahuasca, mama cacao. Yeah. These are the names oh, okay. given to these plants because of the feeling you get with them. And so, yeah, we call her she. Did it feel like she was directing you when, when you went into your meditations and you did this cacao? She was helping me to hear myself. She was helping me to hear my higher self, if you like. I kind of mm. have this sense that there's a higher, wiser being that knows exactly what I need. Yeah. Some would call that God. I don't call that God. I call it source and spirit, but some people might call it God. But she really puts you in a state where all that chatter from your human, that goes Right. If you allow it, you can mess up a cacao ceremony. You can just insist on thinking all the thoughts like I was in the first place, you know, when I did the first one. You can mess up your own cacao ceremony and you won't feel a thing. But if you just allow yourself to come down a little and to try to stop that internal chatter, then you can find what's really going on. And it's the quiet, intuitive voice. And it was just 
but it's very clear there's a gift for you in Bali. So we came to Bali and there's been numerous gifts. The gifts haven't stopped. They're still coming. So what happened when you moved to Bali? So you, you pack, pack up, up, you everything. come to Bali and what was it like? What did you discover? Well, it was a complete culture shock, of course. Never been here before. Everything is completely different. I soon realized that everything works, but it's really different. Like even how you put electricity on in the house or how you do your laundry, the roads, how you get around using Gojek. I'd never used Gojek before. Mm-hmm. It was like I had a car. You, it's no point really having a car here. So there's so much that's different. There are some amazing places. I've met some amazing people. I've met a shaman. I've had my own ceremonies. I've served cacao here in pyramids. The pyramids of Chi are an amazing place in Ubud. We're going there. Are you? Yes. That's like this are weekend. Are you meeting Peter and Lynn? I'm meeting Peter and oh, Lynn. Yes. Such good people. They have an amazing story about Bali. You're going right. to be blown away. I can't wait but to for me to go and visit their pyramids and sit and hold a ceremony in there, which I did with their blessing for, for months, was amazing. And it's just the, the blessings keep on coming. And, and every time things seem to have got quieter here, you know, before COVID hit, I was like, okay, things are a bit quiet. Am I done in Bali or are there more gifts? Something else would happen. I mean, Edward turned up. Yeah. Edward Dangerfield, that's another gift. He's another gift that turned up. His breathwork is magic. And now to have been trained by him so that I can hold that space too, along with cacao. So I'm not ready to leave yet. Too many gifts. Too many gifts. You, you had a corporate job, right? I was doing that job and running a business. I had a female empowerment company. We'd go into corporates and we'd teach women how to be noticed and promoted in male-dominated environments. That's what we did. But as my work with ayahuasca got more in depth, I realized that that is not the way to do this. You have to get women out of those suits and high heels and in touch with who they really are from my perspective. So I was going with the black high heels and the suits and the microphones and the glass offices in (sighs) in cities and Brussels and Paris and London. And I was doing talks and conferences and all sorts of amazing things. And I got a lot of women who were using our advice and being promoted. But when I started to work with plant medicine, I realized there's so much more that than that to a human and to a person and to a woman. And we have to really kind of take away that very busy left brain and work with the essence of a person, the soul, you know, why you're here. And so I had a burning ceremony at home and I burned every single piece of paper and business card I had carried with me for 20 years. And so the cacao came out of that. And so now I know how to do my job continuing the work with women, which I'm now privileged to be able to do all over the world with cacao because they can drink cacao. I can drink cacao here. We hold ceremonies online and over Zoom and I never thought that would be possible. So what's come out of that has been the making of me and the shift that I think I needed to touch women in a different way. But with the, with the cacao, could you just explain what it is? Because mm-hmm. I, I like the hot chocolate comments <laughs> that you made before, whenever I try and explain it to someone, I'm like, it's like cocoa or I, I don't know how to explain okay. it to them really. Okay, well, let's start with how it's made. So you have uh, great big cacao pods, which are grown here and uh, in Mexico and Guatemala and Peru and all very, very hot tropical countries like this. And they take out the cacao seeds and they ferment them for usually five days with banana leaves on top and they keep them outside. And then they take off the outsides, the husks, which are then dried. We lightly roast ours to a maximum of 50. So technically it's still raw. And then they crush them and out comes beautiful, very, very, very thick cacao. So this is the purest chocolate, basically. And we take that, they set it in blocks and we take that, we cut up what we need. We mix it with just water, a pinch of salt, a little bit of chili. And that's what we drink. So it has all the original fats, all the vitamins packed full of minerals. It's a superfood, but it has some magic ingredients in there. It has theobromine, anandamide, which is the one that is the bliss molecule. 
the one that helps you to feel like you're really in the presence of the divine if you allow your mind to stop that chatter. So if you move a stage on from that, you're going to heat that cacao to a very high degree in the factory to make cacao powder. So then you separate the fat, the cacao fat, from the actual chocolate, which means it can be powdered. And then that's the process. It goes through other processes to make the chocolate that we know is hot chocolate. So the cacao powder that you would put with water and milk and sugar or honey in England that we've been used to. I grew up with that with Cadbury's. It's got some minerals probably at that point still, but there's no magic. The theobromine can't survive in that heat. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Oh, I can't wait to get into it. One question that I ask all my guests that come on mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. What are three things that make you feel good? Well, cacao. Uh, cuddles with my family. I really like being by myself. <laughs> I really do. I really like having time on my own. Like after I see you today and after a cacao ceremony, I'm going to find a nice little cafe and I'm just going to sit do some bits on my own so I love being with my family I love the cuddles that I get from my little girl and my husband and I love drinking cacao and I really love being on my own okay so we have here the richest strongest cacao you can get and we're going to mix it with water but before we do that you can actually taste Taste a bit like have a nice chunk of that oh it's very bitter I think you might find this quite bitter. For me, I, I don't find it so bitter now, but mm. I'm not used to the sweet I, um, stuff anymore. I had COVID in December and my taste has been distorted since. Has it? Mm. Okay. So wow. we're going to mix it with some water. But when you make cacao, you're not making hot chocolate. So okay. when you mix it, you make sure you, your frame of mind is one of calm. Think nice thoughts to yourself and you really kind of get in a bit of a meditative state when you make okay. it. This water carries vibration as well. So when you serve cacao, you're not serving a drink, you're serving energy. So if I'm worried about my mum or a credit card bill or whatever it is going when I'm pouring this, it's like giving you the energy of that. Okay. Okay, yeah. so you can Have be gone. the argument I had with my <laughs> husband later on. <laughs> yeah, on I understand. So you have to be kind of aware of your vibration and what you're giving off when you're making it. And also when you make it, you get the opportunity to invite any guides or spirits to help you in the ceremony. And you can put your intentions and your wishes in. So we'll get you to do that when I mix it up. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I'm just going to pour water in the cacao. This is nice hot water. And I usually have my whisk, but I didn't bring that today, so I've got my jar. (laughs) Shake it. So now we can put it in here. So this is our cacao. This is what we're going to drink. Okay. And do you do bake here or anything like that? No. No? Okay, so you might like to rub your hands together. Okay. Think about something positive. Shall we? And you just bless it like this. So okay. You can put that into here, whichever way you want. Now we can go and start the ceremony. Okay, so we're going to turn the microphones off now and we're going to prepare our sacred space. It's really important when I do this work that I channel and I give the medicine and the space real justice. So it's nice to do that without the cameras or without the sound. And just to allow you to be here as a woman in this space because for some reason you came to Bali, you came to this shola and you came to this space and you don't know why. But there is never a coincidence. So I like to see how you work with spirit too. So we're going to start the ceremony now. Lynette wanted me to be really present in that moment. So she asked that we didn't record. So I sat down on this yoga mat in this open air space with a bolster sort of resting underneath my knees. And in between us, there was this branch between us and the cacao and the cups that were shaped in a heart that she actually made, she told me. 
I actually think I heard a mosque at some point. Birds and insects and people and laughing. So Lynette was sat right in front of me and as she started the ceremony, she drank the cacao as well and she smudged, I think it's called, where they light a bunch of sage and put it around you to sort of cleanse your energy and and create a positive environment we did that and then we spoke about what my intention was and and what I wanted to get out of it and the words that came up to me was from my last session was that that safety piece so I just want to feel more safe and more secure so I can move forward so I set my intention and then after I set my intention I lay down and Lynette put on this gorgeous meditation music, which was really nice. It was really soothing. And then I just lay down there and I have, I have to admit that that chattery mind came back for me. I was thinking, I'm not feeling much here. What do I need to do later? Oh, I'm a little bit hungry. Oh, I need a coffee. And I still had this bitter taste in my mouth from the cacao. And the cacao has like a, it kind of dries your mouth a little bit, but it feels quite intense. And and it's like that extra strength, bitter dark chocolate that you get from the supermarket. That's like quite thick and gloopy. So I could still taste that in my mouth. And when I went under in the meditation, I was just grappling with thoughts really, which I think tends to happen when you meditate. But this is where it got a little bit different with the cacao. I did feel feel as though I could go deeper into my meditation once I was there and it did feel quite soft and soothing and like I my body didn't really want to have an intense experience like I did with all the other experiences from this trip so far and then at the end Lynette came and she put her hands on my head and then on my shoulders and then on my feet And it did feel very mothering and very nice and very caring. And then after that, she told me to come back to my body, come back to the room and roll on my side and come up. And honestly, I mean, the thing that was quite bizarre is the perception of time sort of dissipated. And I wasn't sure if it was 10 minutes that I'd been in that meditative state or if it had been an hour Okay, so we are back in the room. You've had your first cacao ceremony with me. Uh, The medicine is still very strong through me and I think very strong through you. So do you want to tell me about about how that was for you? Yeah, it was, I have to admit, at first I was really struggling with my monkey mind. I was like trying to keep coming back, keep coming back. And then the only way I could sort of describe it is like like as if like a supercharged meditation that's how it felt for me in that session so once I'd sort of got past that monkey mind moment where I was like thinking about my like my, I was like overthinking my intention I was like no, no come back to it <laughs> no come back come back and then once I finally went into that meditative state it felt like it was the only way I can describe it is like supercharged. So is that a meditative state that you can bring yourself to anyway? Or do you feel like you decided to go into that place or the medicine pulled you in that place? I feel like there were elements of all of the above in different stages. Like I think at first, I mean, you know yourself when you go and sit and do a meditation, sometimes it can be easy to snap into it and other times it's like, Meh. and with that, I think, at first it was like quite difficult for me and then it almost felt like the cacao pulled me into it I would say and was like I don't want to say like a slap around the face because it's much more gentle (laughs) than that but like come on be present be in the moment sort of feel and there is a feeling that I've still sort of got in me right now where in my belly and up it through my heart there's I feel like there's quite a lot of energy there now and I feel quite supercharged. You know, when you have a coffee and you do feel buzzy, you feel like, right, this is it. It does feel like internally that I feel quite swishy. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I can sort of describe it. Swishy and 
mellow and calm, and but also like and the shoulders are like yeah, sh- and like my mind and body feel a lot more together yes. and connected. Is is there anything when you're doing those ceremonies that you can feel? Because I know <laughs> oh, oh, everything. <laughs> so we start the ceremonies off with a meditation set up as people are drinking the cacao and to just get the cacao into your system so that I mean it's very strong. So when you if you lie down too quick, you can actually feel a bit nauseous. So mm. But part of that process for me doing that meditation sitting up is to get me into the meditative mode as well because I've just drunk cacao and I need it to work in my body too. Mm. And so for me to be on the same vibration as you, it's nice for me to feel that. So when I'm talking you through um, the focus on your forehead and all the little tiny muscles and how they don't need to do anything and then your eyes and your cheekbones and the top of your lip and as I'm describing each of those tiny parts of your body to get you to focus on releasing I'm doing that for me too and then when I'm in to that meditative state I don't know what I'm going to say I have not got the first idea every time I do it it's different I sometimes I know the theme I'm going to bring a theme of something through but I don't know what on earth I'm going to say so whatever just comes and the words just come and they come and they come and it's like a river flowing and then and somebody in a ceremony the other the other day they knocked over a cup and it just mm. threw me out I'm like oh great now I'm out like <laughs> <laughs> look at that cacao cup that's like okay so then you have to kind of work a little to get back in I've actually had like conversation before with um Ashley who it turns out okay. you actually know yes I do um when I've tried cacao in the past, we had like a, I lay down and she spoke to me and, and it really felt like it opened my heart up and I could, I actually saw myself in Bali near a waterfall, like doing a retreaty type thing. So I can understand how that was almost externalizing the feeling that I have now. Whereas this is this after the ceremony, I feel very much like within my body, which sounds crazy. But I feel very earthy. And do you, so would you feel my emotion? Because I know a lot of people are quite empathic with this sort of work. Um, I would say that my role as space holder is to maintain the space. So if I go into the energy and the feelings of the people in my care, I'm not holding space. Mm. I'm disappearing down a black hole with them or I'm disappearing into their thoughts and with ayahuasca, that's much more a thing. That's much more, you're much more capable and open of being drawn into somebody else's vortex. Oh, really? Yeah, very much so. But not so much with cacao. But with both of those medicines, with all the plant medicines, we have to hold the space. Like the, the energy that swells around, we can hold it without getting drawn into it because mm. then we're not helpful to you. We have to be outside with uh, light and positivity and feeling the, um, the space, giving you that time of protection where you can do your work. And sometimes people's work is harder than others and sometimes they cry and sometimes there are physical responses. For others, they're just in bliss and they've got smiles on their faces. But it's important to maintain that integrity of space. Then you're doing your job. So I've just got back after my cacao ceremony with Lynette and I swear to God, that was the most beautiful setting that we've had so far. It was all open plan and it was just stunning. It had a really, really calm energy about it as well, which I loved. I found that whole cacao ceremony quite challenging, but in a completely different way to the other experiences that I've had so far. So... One thing I'm starting to notice from all the experiences is I'm getting different things from each one. So like the women's circle, for example, I felt really good for sharing and connecting with a group of women. And then for the breath work, that was intense. Like that was so intense. I can't even describe it. I can't put it into words. And then the life coach was very, it felt very up in my head. It wasn't 
a body thing. It wasn't a past. It wasn't particularly traumatic. It was more logical. It was like my logical, the logical part of my brain. And then I have to admit, I, I, I found it quite difficult at the end of last week after going into basically intense therapy after a week. In some ways, I feel like that cacao ceremony made me calmer again. It definitely was not as intense as I found the other three experiences. It was much softer. And I did, I really did enjoy it. And it helped me get into like a meditative state and be calmer and be more present and sort of come back to my body. I was a little bit frustrated with the fact that I didn't get loads out of it. Like I expected to have this profound experience that I have with the other experiences. But that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. And I also think I would go back and do it again. Because Lynette said for some people, it can take a little bit longer for them to sort of come back into it. And I do think because it has been so full on since I've been here, it was just a time for me to actually be calm, not go digging really deep and have those massive transformative experiences. Producer Juliet tried it with me at the same time and she had a very different experience to me. She did feel like she was letting go, which was her intention. She did feel really powerful emotions. So I do think it is something that is quite dependent on your current state of mind when you go into it. And maybe because I have tried it before with Ashley and I did have that powerful feeling, I did have a little bit of expectation there and it was different to when I've experienced it before, but still very nice and still very nourishing. Thank you so much to Ashley and Lynette for being part of this episode of Finding Feel Good. If you want to find out more about Ashley, you can find it on her social channels. And if you want to find out more about Lynette, you can go to awomansblessing.com. We'll put those links in the show notes too. And thanks to you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give the podcast a five-star review. It really does help people to find us. And we'll be back next time with even more adventures into finding feel good. I'll be trying out ice work with Alex at Breathing Cold Barley and chatting to former Wim Hof Method instructor and coach Richard Ayling about why it makes us feel good. And you just consciously take over the, and control. Says, okay, thank you, mind. Thank you for the signal. But I'm safe. I'm okay. And I'm going to stay. Listen next week for that episode wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>